right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I hope that you're having a great day. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I totally hope you are having a great day. I hope you're having a great week. I actually hope that you're having a great life. And you know what, though? I will tell you that if for some strange unknown reason you're fearful, then, hey, I want to invite you to a Bible study I am going to be leading starting tomorrow, November 18th. Don't worry, though. You can sign up and you can keep coming. You can come to it. I'm going to have a replay, recording of it, etc. blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's called Breaking Free from Fear. And if you want to learn more about this Bible study, it's free. It's free to attend, but you'll have to get the book, which is no big deal. This is a $7.99 book. You can get it at Amazon.com or Precept Ministries. But if you go over to my website, hearttug.org or BibleNewsRadio.com, and click on the Bible Studies tab, click on that, you'll see this this thing, this study. And then all you got to do is come. Right now, I almost got 20 people signed up. So I'm looking forward to doing it because, you know, we live in a day and an age that people are fearful, right? And I don't know, many years ago, I heard the acronym, um, false evidence appearing real, that's what fear means, right? Eh, maybe. Um, I think a lot of what we're seeing is not false, though. I think it's legit, and people are going, ah, I'm terrified. So I changed the acronym to FAITH EVERY DAY ACCOMPLISHES RESULTS. That's what FEAR stands for. FAITH EVERY DAY ACCOMPLISHES RESULTS. I changed that many years ago because I was like, man, I'm living in fear. So what's that mean to me? It means faith. You have faith every day, and that accomplishes Results. Say it with me. Fear. Faith every day accomplishes results. Yeah, it does. Because if you have faith every day, you're going to get some good results. God's going to bless you, and the fear will be out the door. Although, to be honest, (laughs) I struggle with fear daily, and I know you do too. I know lots of people do. Unless you're a psychopath, usually psychopaths don't have any fear. Um, And I'm pretty sure most of you out there aren't psychopaths, so... You know, so you're human, right? Not that psychopaths aren't human. They are. They just don't have a conscience. (sighs) Anyway, so again, Breaking Free from Fear. This will be held on Thursday night for the next couple of weeks. It's actually going to be going through the end of the year uh, because we're not going to meet on Thanksgiving. It's going to be Thursday night, uh, 6 p.m. Central, 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. So if you want to come, we're going to do these lessons together, okay? All right, so that's one thing. The other thing is I hope that you had an opportunity to uh, watch our show last week. Last week I interviewed, I think, probably one of the foremost experts on the topic of uh, homosexuality and the culture today who's alive, Joe Dallas. If you didn't get to see that interview... Go back through our YouTube archives and watch it and then share it out because what Joe shared, I think everybody needs to see. I think it's, um, you know, you talk about Christians in a cancel culture. You know what, people? We're there. We are so there. I mean, I can tell you this show, I mean, we are banned, hidden, spiked, whatever, everywhere. <laughs> and And you know what? That's part of the reason why... Um, we're doing more stuff with Bible studies and we're doing other things because I really believe the time is short. 
I really do. And I, and I'm not just saying that to be quote fear monger. I can be a total Christian broadcast fear monger all day long. Oh no, the rapture is going to happen. Oh no, we're, we're running out of food. We're doing this. We're doing that. Everybody's going to have to get that. You know what, you know, and if you don't, then you're not going to eat and you're going to lose your job and you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Right. You know that most of the things that people worry about don't happen. And yet, what I will tell you is that if you're a student of the Word of God, and if you're watching us, you are, hopefully, or you're becoming one, which is a good thing. But if you're a student of the Word, number one, you're going to have boldness. God is going to empower you and give you boldness. So you're not going to be afraid as much. You know, and then here's the other thing you're going to see. You're going to look at people in the Word of God who struggled with fear and dealt with it, right? And they, they, had, they had their struggles. David, uh, you know, Jonah, Jonah. Um, <laughs> Jonah, actually, you know, Jonah was the prophet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Jeremiah. No, I really got it. I know. <laughs> Jeremiah, Gideon, you know. Tons of people in the in the Bible struggled with fear. That's why it's a common thing that, that Satan, Satan wants us to be scared. But you know what? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Don't ever forget that. Write it down. It's in the it's a, I think it's first Timothy one seven or second Timothy one seven. I'm not sure. But it's in Timothy and it's one seven. I do know that much, pretty sure. It might be 2-7, but somebody be a fact checker and look it up. Anyway, but that's the thing. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love, power, love, and a sound mind. Um, and so we don't have to be afraid. And, you know, we can work through our fear. And, you know, I'm the biggest chicken in the world, just so you know, saying that. But what I can tell you is that I know it to be true because God does not lie. And here's the one thing I want to encourage you with today. God does not lie. The God of the Bible does not lie. Jesus does not lie. God the Father does not lie. The Holy Spirit does not lie. His word is living and active, and it does not lie. God is not a liar. And you know what's interesting? I'm going to talk to you about this a minute. God doesn't lie. And yet, it's interesting. This morning, um, I, I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah, and if you happen to be a friend of mine on Facebook, you're, you're getting me my short synopsises of Jeremiah. And this morning, I read chapter 43. And I'm just, I'm not going to read you what I wrote, but I'll tell you a little bit about it. So here's the thing. Jeremiah, um, you got to love him because he was called before, he, you know, he was even born. And God told him he was going to have a hard job. Nobody was going to listen to him. And he's kind of commonly known as the weeping prophet, right? Well, you know, his his whole message is basically um, speaking on God's behalf to the nation of Israel and Judah and saying, hey, please obey God or else you're going to perish. <laughs> That's the short, short version. Anyway, long story short, um, all this stuff is happening and they they do nothing to the false prophets, but when a real prophet speaks, 
he gets, you know, thrown into a cistern filled with mud. You know, he gets beaten, hit. He gets attacked. You know, he gets threatened. Um, and so Jer- Jeremiah is speaking to a culture, and he's basically saying, look, please obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. All these blessings will happen. If you don't do it, you're going to get cursed. You're going to get in captivity. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to die by the sword. You're going to die. It's going to be horrible for you. Please just obey God. And they're like, eh, nah, don't want to do it. So God's judgment comes, basically. So then after God's judgment comes, you have these leaders uh, who, who will go to um, Jeremiah and say, okay, look, um, we don't believe you. You know, God gave you a word. We don't believe anything you're saying. You're lying to us. And it actually says that um, the men, Johanan and Azariah, and all the other arrogant men accused Jeremiah of lying. Now, it's interesting because if Jeremiah was lying, he would be telling them totally like, hey, God loves you. Everybody's prosperous. Don't worry about what you're doing. God doesn't care if you worship other idols, blah, blah, whatever. (laughs) But these guys actually accused Jeremiah of lying. And I'm like... Okay, and it goes on to basically um, talk about how these arrogant men miss, they, they drew all of God's people back into Egypt. Well, Egypt is where God delivered them from. They were in captivity, and, well, what happened? God's people went back to Egypt. And uh, Keith Green actually wrote a song many years ago, um, and one of the lines in there is, so you want to go back to Egypt? <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I'm dating myself there. Uh, but you can you can look that up later. Um, but anyway, King Nebuchadnezzar, once all these people are brought back to Egypt, King Nebuchadnezzar is actually God's vessel servant. And he goes in and he basically destroys these people. Like God says, they destroy all the idols in Egypt and all this other stuff. Well, how does that apply to us? Well, it applies to us because it's natural for humans to be in bondage. It's natural for us to be captive to something. Fear is one of those things. Totally natural for us to be captive by that, captivated by it, to be um, to to be filled with illusion over it, right? Um, What's not natural is to be a person who walks in freedom. And Galatians actually talks about that. Um, Galatians is an amazing book when you stop to, um, you, when you stop to uh, uh, look at it, right? But here's the thing. Our natural nature is to be in bondage. We want to be in bondage. It's not that we can't, we, we're, we don't want to not be. Yeah, we don't want to not be, but we are, most of us. And yet, a couple days ago, I was going through some old interviews I did, and one of the interviews that I I found was from from Dr. Stan Monteith. And if you don't know who he was, he was an amazing guy. He did a show uh, called Radio Liberty, and he opened his show this way. He always said this, bringing you the story behind the story, the news behind the news, hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for the survival of Christian civilization, it will be reality and not illusion or delusion 
that will determine what the future will bring. So Dr. Stan had, you know, he had, uh, he had, um, he had these key words in here, illusion, right? Delusion and reality. And that's what we're living in. You guys, we're living in a day and age where there's a big illusion going on in the media, right? Illusion, he says, is usually king. But for the survival of Christian civilization, it's going to be reality, not illusion or delusion that will determine what the future will bring. Well, how is that going to happen? That will happen if Christians get their head in the word of God and begin to stand up for what God said and stop going back to Egypt. Stop going and saying, stop listening to the liberal lying media that's telling you all this stuff that isn't true. It's like you know it's not true, and yet you're listening to it anyway. You you divulge and eat on media that, that's written by secular, heathen, atheist, atheistic people, whatever that show is that you like so much, that's giving you a worldview that's antithetical to Christianity at all. You know, you got to wash your brain out of that stuff. And that's why, going back to Joe Dallas, if you... If you think about what the cancel culture is all about, cancel culture is about trying to stamp out a biblical worldview, which is reality. Reality is a biblical worldview. Reality is Jesus himself. He actually called himself that. So with that said, let's look at the word of God in Luke just really quickly. And then Randall's going to jump on a story and rant because, you know, I, I thought it'd be fun for him to rant after I share this. So um, this morning, as I was thinking about what God might have me share with you, I um, thought of this story. And a lot of you are probably familiar with it if you've read the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 17. And beginning in verse 11, it says this, while he, referring to Christ, was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Yeah, he was. Then Jesus answered and said to that Samaritan, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God? except this foreigner who was a Samaritan. And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. There is so much in this passage, um, you know, and I'm not going to talk about it for long, but I will tell you a couple of things. Number one, um, 10 leprous men, right? The lepers were the outcasts of society, uh, nobody was supposed to touch them. That's why they had leper colonies, right? They had to go and live in these things because if anybody touched them or talked to them or did anything, they were like, oh, you know, the lepers themselves had to yell, unclean, unclean, so that if anybody was walking around them and they didn't know they were there, they were aware, hey, 
by the way, there's an unclean guy over there. He's a leper. So these were outcast people. And it says here, they stood at a distance and they met him. They met Jesus at a distance. And they raised their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So they actually knew who Christ was. How many of you have actually asked God to have mercy on you? I don't know if you're anything like me, probably. Um, Jesus then saw them and he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now you might think if you don't understand the Bible in the context it's written, you might go, what the heck? What kind of comment is that? Why does Jesus want these lepers to go show themselves to the priests? Well, the short answer is because on their way to go to the priests, they were being cleansed and they had to have their healing be validified, validated, that's a better word, validated by the priests. So they had to go to the the temple. They had to have the priests validate their healing. And then there was probably some offerings that were offered up after that as a result. Um, And it says here, as they were going, they were cleansed. So as they did it, they had to do what Jesus said. They, they went, they were cleansed. But one of them, only one, uh, saw that he had been healed. Now that's weird to me that only one saw that he was healed. And he turned back and he glorified God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus's feet and he gave thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Why is that so important? That was important because the Samaritans were like, like, the Jews and the Samaritans, no, no, no. You guys, like, uh-uh. You're like, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> Just, no. Um, but the Samaritan fell and worshipped Jesus. The outcast, leprous, healed Samaritan gave thanks to God. And, um, and Jesus is aware of this. He cleansed all of them, but he asked them, Where's the other nine who are going to give me thanks? You know, was there no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, go, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. So my question is, who are you in this story? Are you the leper that gave thanks? Are you the leper that didn't give thanks? Are you the foreigner? Are you the Jew? Are you the Christian? You're not Jesus. You can't pick that part. Just saying. Some of you out there might want to say, yeah, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that don't. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, but who are you? Are you the priest? You know, who are you? And what was your life like before Jesus healed you? You know, I um, uh, have had a very unique experience the last couple of days. A couple of days ago, I was playing pickleball. You guys know I love pickleball. In fact, I have a book I wrote called Pickleball Faith, which I'm hoping will be out by the end of the year, Lord willing, if I finally get my butt doing it, getting getting it finished editing. But a couple of days ago, I was playing pickleball against Randall, and I was winning. I was going to wipe the floor with him and his partner, some newbie guy. <laughs> anyway, we're at the gym, and, and I went to run to hit the ball and slipped on the floor and pulled my right hamstring and my leg, the, the, the right hip that I've been in physical therapy with all year, pretty much. And, oh, it was, it was awful, you know. So anyway, I came home and, um, and, and I was doing some stuff and I decided I was going to, um, play some old, 
old therapy sessions I had. Now you might be thinking, why do I need to know this? You don't really need to know it. But if you're, you know me, then you know me. This is part of my life. And the interesting thing about listening to sessions that I had recorded of my personal growth 25 years ago is that I saw God work through the whole thing. If there's, you know, people always talk about, well, what would you say to your younger self? I had the blessing of listening to my younger self and going, oh my gosh, that's what you sound like as a younger Christian. You know, 25, 30 years ago, I was not the woman of God that I am today. In fact, this show wasn't even an idea in my head 25 years ago. I was going to college to become either a teacher or do something else. I had no idea what I was going to be doing. But I look back at that, and I think, hmm, God develops you through your life, right, if you're, if you're walking with him. And, and, you know, some people are more grateful than other people. Some people look back at their life, and they go, wow. You know, I mean, that leper had to get leprosy somehow. How did he get leprosy? Who did he touch? Who was he around? Who influenced him? What were the circumstances? It wasn't like you were just born with it. But one gave thanks to God. One. I want to encourage you to be that one today, to consider what God has brought you through in your life, to really think about who you really are and what God brought you from He took you out of Egypt, so to speak, and brought you into the promised land. Give thanks to God for that. I'll tell you what, if you want to help overcome your fear, give thanks, because that's one of the biggest antidotes to fear. Faith every day accomplishes results. Give thanks to God for the faith that he's given you. And I'll tell you what, your life will change for the better. Your circumstances might not change, but if your attitude changes, then everything in your life will change. And so I want you to be encouraged. I want you to mature in your faith. I want you to grow up to be all that God has created you to be. Because there's only one of you. And he loves you. He made you. He did. He made you. So um, so that's one thing. The other thing I want to tell you is don't forget, go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and um, I did it. did it right. Right there. And Get on our email list and our text message list. If you watch down below here, you can see we got that going on. Um, Stay in touch with us that way. All right. So, Randall, Pandle Bareface, my husband who I was going to beat at pickleball until I fell. Um, You have a rant for us today, maybe? Or a comment on my commentary? Um, Well, not a comment on your commentary. Right okay. Now. Hi, Natasha, but, Mama Gina, and whoever else is out there watching but didn't say anything yet. But I don't, I'm, I don't have a rant until we cover our headline story. So. Okay. Do you want me to do that first? Do you want to yeah. say anything else? Do you want to talk about how I was beating you in pickleball until I fell? I don't know. I was like one point ahead, maybe <laughs> two. About ready to beat you, cream you guys. Just so you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was. It was somewhat early in the game. No, it was six to five. Okay, all right. The game so. was half over. <laughs> I um, I lost by default. Well, anyway. Well, it's um, well, you knew that you were, you know, going down. So you went down literally just to <laughs> throw the game. Um, 
Yeah. Very artfully done, I might add. Oh, well, how I fell? Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so. Um, All right. Well, we can cover the. You can cover the story, and then we can talk about it. All right, we'll do that. Okay, so this story is over on the epictimes.com. And I like this website, by the way, if it's epic, E-P-O-C-H, theepictimes.com. Uh, it's titled here, Teen Sues New Hampshire School Over Punishment for Only Two Genders Comment. The nerve, I say, the nerd, the nerve. <laughs> a New Hampshire student is suing a high school for violating his right to free speech and religious beliefs after being disciplined for stating there are only two genders. I got to just, I have to tell you a, a personal thing. One of the things I listened to in my therapy sessions all the 25 years ago, I was struggling with reading out loud in class because I have a little bit of a learning thing here. And you know what? I was listening to that part of the conversation about reading stuff out loud. I was nervous. I was in an American lit class and I was struggling because I had to read out loud and then talk about what I read. And I, I was really having a hard time. Um, and my therapist told me, go Go home and practice reading your American Lit book out loud so that you can do that. And I started to chuckle when I heard that because what do I do on here? I read these stories out loud. <laughs> and if you watch all the time, you'll hear me fumble over things often. So just so you know, that was a therapeutic issue, but I've gotten a lot better at it. So back to this. I just thought that that's for free. Anyway, it says here, the freshman and football player for the school identified as MP in the lawsuit, received a one-game suspension for violating the school's district transgender student policy. The student made the comments on a school bus and then later in a text exchange with another student off school grounds. <sighs> the student's attorney, Ian uh, Who Yet, I guess, of the Manchester-based Cornerstone Policy Research said his client is seeking permanent relief from the school policy under protections for free speech and religious belief in the state constitution. Uh, who yet, I guess, is how you say that? I don't know. Said the student is a practicing Catholic and has the constitutional right to hold the belief that there are only two genders. Have you ever thought about how ridiculous that sentence is? <laughs> Just so you know, uh, as the United States Supreme Court has said, students do not check their First Amendment rights at the schoolhouse gate. In New Hampshire, he added, we have a strong tradition of our state Supreme Court holding that our state constitutional protections are more protective of individual liberties than the corresponding federal right. District Superintendent Dave Ryan released a statement on the matter, noting that the district had only just learned of the lawsuit on November 9th and is in the process of reviewing it with legal counsel. We will be able to share a statement once we have completed that review, Ryan said. Calls made by the Epic Times to the Exeter Regional Cooperative School Board, which enacted the gender policy, were not returned. There's a huge shock. According to the lawsuit, which was filed November 4th, the matter originated from a conversation the teenager was having with another student on a school bus. It was about a request. It was about it was about a request a female classmate made during her Spanish class that they only use non-binary pronouns in Spanish to address her. It was another female student, said who yet, who took offense to comments she overheard his client make in a conversation he was having with another student on a school bus ride home. 
They included the Spanish language not having non-binary pronouns. So non-binary, in case you don't know, and I know you probably do, but if you're one out there, you don't know what that means. Basically, non-binary means that it's there's there's not two genders, male and female. You're not one of those. According to Hu Yet, the student obtained his client's phone number and initiated a texting debate over the issue. That student took screenshots of the text and gave them to the school. I'm wondering if they're part of Glisten, but anyway. The following morning, Hu Yet said his client was pulled out of class and told he was being disciplined for violating the school's gender policy. In another pending lawsuit against the New Hampshire genders, school gender's identity policy, a parent of a Guilford school district student was angered to learn the district policy permits and encourages school officials to hide disclosure students make about their sexual orientation from their parents. Yeah, see, that's a blatant backhanded attack on parents' rights, by the way. The parents' attorney, Rick Lehman, of the Concord law firm Lehman Major List, said his client is also challenging the district's policy for officials to issue no trespass letters to anyone who doesn't use non-gender pronouns on school grounds. Who yet says he expects there will be more lawsuits to come in New Hampshire on the issue because so many public schools have adopted policies similar to the one being challenged. Who yet's legal fees in the case are being fully funded by the Cornerstone Policy Research, blah, blah, whatever. Anyway. I'm not going to read the rest because it's all, it's, it's, you got the point. All right. So now Randall is going to rant about this because this is our segment called Randall's Rant, which, you know, we have no music for or anything and whatever. So, yeah. There he is. So here I am. And, um, I'm looking at you. If I turn that way, no. Yeah. Turn. If you turn but to your left, <laughs> turn to my left. And okay. I can turn to my right to look your way. Hi, honey. Even though you're literally across the table from me. Uh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I too, uh, just did a shake my head moment at that sentence about the belief that there are only two genders. Yeah. And came into my mind the time, you know, years ago uh, when we were looking at all the flags representing the different gender identities. Um, and there are multiple gender identities, not genders, but gender identities uh, going around in the world today. And so I was looking for those and just doing a, uh, just duck, duck going. I wasn't Googling. I used duck, duck go to somewhat stealthily search the web. Okay. At least they don't share the IP address with. Well, that's nice. Anyway, start page is another one. Yes, out there. Anyway, so I came upon this page from MX. That's one of those gender neutral titles. Uh, uh, Anunnaki Ray Marquez. Um, this individual, I uh, watched a lot of a TED talk that they did. Um, I'm going to say she, even though it's the gender slash intersex activist and LGBTQIA plus visionary. Um, anyway, she mentioned her husband and having some pregnancies before. So I'm going to say that's female now the person was born intersex that is had some 
had some, um, you know, some external uh, genitalia malformations that, you know, weren't completely female, but, you know, and so she was assigned, um, you know, the, the gender, you know, of female at birth. And, and I have, I have sympathy, you know, uh, folks that are, you know, born with, I mean, heck, there are children that are born with cancer. There are children that are born without fingers, without limbs or whatever. And, and it's, you know, their, their way in all of, you know, quote, normal or the majority of society is, is going to be difficult because they're not uh, quite. So I, I get that, you know, you know, they, this person, this woman uh, had some difficulties at first, but the fact that she was able to get pregnant and had some miscarriages as well adopted, I'm, you know, she's got a womb. Uh, to me, that makes her a womb man, a woman. That's that's the etymology of the word, by the way. Um, not the words, by the way, but <laughs> the etymology of the word woman comes from a man with a womb, a womb man. Right. Um, in the English language. Anyway, so um, at the end of the day, you know, they're... You know, I have sympathy for those, you know, for whatever. We live in a fallen world with uh, um, with a tainted gene pool and things happen at birth that aren't, you know, neatly in these columns. But that doesn't make one not of, not of, not of either. Uh, I didn't know you were going to scratch your head. <laughs> I'm not scratching my head. I was trying to put my hair down. Okay. Well, By the way, this word is rant. Rant. Rant means to speak or declaim extravagantly or violently. Talk in a wild or vehement way. Rave. Okay. That's okay. Wild. Yeah, you should. No. <laughs> veins pop in my forehead. And, no, that, that's not me. You know that. So um, we got to call this something. I do get animated at Randall's times. Randall's re- rebuke. Not violent and... Uh, um, hmm. Randall's, uh, I don't know. Reclusive response. No. <laughs> Rand- uh, Randall's response. How's that? Response. Yeah, I like that's, that. That's kind of boring, but whatever. <laughs> rant is better. Vote. Should he, we, we say Randall's rant or Randall's response, given how, you know, there's like. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm totally picking on you during anyway. the. Um, I married you because I loved you. Anyway, uh, despite a lot, despite <laughs> physical defects at birth, uh, at the cellular level, every the nucleus of cell of every cell in the body has a Y chromosome, or it does not. Typically, there's XX, there's woman, there's XY that's male. Now there are XXY males. Um, there are. Um, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, um, whatever. I'm, I'm not a biologist and I don't play one on TV, but I don't know all the combinations of chromosomes, but the vast majority of people are either XX female or XY male, but there are XXY males. If there's no Y chromosome, there's the person is a female. So anyway, this this belief that there are own two genders, this all started with this search of looking for the the gender flags. 
But on this woman's site is are rather on this woman's site are these symbols for different genders, and I would like to take a look at them. Okay. Okay, we've got the symbol for a male organism or man. It is also the astrological symbol for Mars, the Roman god of war, and so and it makes sense, you know, the symbol for then we've got the you know typical female, you know, the symbol for female organism or woman. It's also astrological symbol for Venus and and you think about the Roman god is Venus and then by the way the Roman gods borrowed from the the Greek gods and Mars would be Ares and Venus would be uh, um, Aphrodite I believe anyway kind of correlation anyway and then if I'm not going to get into Greek mythology or Roman mythology but you can you know why those symbols came to represent masculine and feminine, male and female. Anyway, then we've got the symbol that's used to represent organisms that are both male and female. And it's um, kind of this, it's the last sign for Mercury. Uh, anyway, then we've got male and female together. We've got the symbol to represent transgender people. We can go through all these, but what I want to point out is that there's some combination, all these symbols are some combination of two genders, <laughs> of, of, of male and female. And, you know, and we have terms like non-binary. Why don't we say non, you know, trinary or quaternary or, or you know, for all the other genders that are out there. All these because all God the, made only two genders, right? That's all, why. Even even in the culture that says, "Oh, there are multiple genders. There are non-binary that don't match one of the two. All the genders that they describe are described in terms of two genders: male and female, some combination of some one this more than that." And then there are symbols for sexual orientation that are made up of <laughs> symbols for male and female. If there really are more than two genders, why don't we have, in any language, an ability to describe those other genders in terms besides male and female? We don't. And if... And is this individual even this, in computer language? Well, even in this, even in this, you know, this woman who's saying, you know, that these, you know, that you know, asserts that clear male and female lines are uh, a product of only recent civilization, but going back thousands of years, there weren't these hard, fast male and female. Um, identifications well if that's true if that's true then there should be built into all the languages of the earth especially really ancient languages like biblical hebrew uh you know the other semitic languages uh which you know we even look back to our Cadian language and stuff like that you know go back close to the cr cradle of civilization uh, in Mesopotamia, um, you know, whether it be the Babylonian cuneiforms, whatever, we should be able to find these words 
built into language that describe gender and not just male and female, but in whatever wag or or you know whatever. I don't know. I'm just trying to make up words. You know, there ought to be other words describe gender besides male and female. If that's the case, if there are these always of you know prior when more enlightened people lived, um, had had these concepts of more genders than male and female, don't you think that would be put into the language? Spanish, relatively, you know, um, older than modern English. Um, in the Spanish class, this this dude wanted to be addressed by non-binary, non-binary pronouns. Well, sorry, there aren't non-binary pronouns in Spanish or any of the Romance languages that I know of. Maybe now, as just in English, we're saying zur, and we've got z and zay and stuff like that that were are only recent inventions to prescribe, you know, these pronouns, these non-binary pronouns. You know, Spanish and Romance languages, you know, coming from Latin historically, they, they have only male, they have male and female nouns and pronouns. Biblical Hebrew, uh, a language that is thousands of years old, and even in modern Hebrew as it's evolved, and it has changed a little bit over the millennia, still the nouns and pronouns are male and female. Anyway, so this student, going back to this article <laughs> about being punished for the, quote, belief, unquote, i.e. reality, that there are only two genders seems to be prescribed, um, uh, you know, seem to be subscribing even in their description of these all these other genders, gender fluid and transgender, all this, they're describing these other genders in terms of male and female. Both in the language, in the a... symbolism, and in the flags with the pink and blue or combination. Yeah. I have a question. So if somebody wants to become transgender, we know that they only switch usually from male to female or, ma- or female. Transsexual to male. or transgender? Well, transgender. Well, so, transgender is they, if there's more than someone who identifies as the... Okay, but and if trans, they want if, transsexuals when they actually have surgery to Okay, but if they want to be transgender, yeah. then if there's more than two genders, let's say say I don't want to be a man, I want to be whatever the <laughs> third or fourth or whatever one well, is. Well not you, but well you don't want to be a man. <laughs> no, yeah. I would suck as a man. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm too soft and squishy to be a man. Right. <laughs> I I have too much hair to be a man. Anyway, although, but uh, yeah, just an idea. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So the so the transgender. Yeah, that well, that was my point. Well, that is, it's one to the other. They're right identifying as they're either male identifying as female or female identifying as male. Yeah, they're not. Some would want to, you know, call me Zay, and I'm non-binary. I'm not either or. I know but, you're but, a man. 
But a, I've seen the evidence, people. Okay, but I mean those those who those like this like this like this. Just fem- so you know, like the female student in the Spanish class. You know, uh, like the female sp- student in the Spanish class is well addressed me by non-binary pronouns in the Spanish class. If nobody else there is laughing, you uh, should. Okay. You should. You know, she says, you know, address me by non-binary pronouns in this Spanish class. Um, yeah, it's like, um, uh, you know, don't refer to me as male nor female. Even there, refer, well, she's she doesn't want to be identified as one of those. So what is what is the identification? It's, it's still her, again, she's a non-binary Non-binary pronouns, not non-trinary, quaternary, or whatever, um, but non-binary. Again, even the the rejection of the objective reality of two genders, folks that are rejecting that are describe that rejection in terms of two genders. Okay, we got fifteen minutes. Wow. Anyway. That's uh, so. That's my response, bordering on rant. That, yeah. And nobody voted. You, uh, are you going to read WD's comment? Uh, who dare thumbs down or? Well, no, the other one above. I don't um, know. Um, okay. Even XXY is male. They I'm, just have I'm a syndrome a... called kind uh, They look more androgynous, but. For sure, still a male, right? <laughs> Is there another one? Wait, no, that was it. But WD, please tell me your name again. <laughs> I'm having a, menop- a menopause moment. I've been having a lot of these menopause moments again. If you just like put your first name, then I'll go, oh, yeah, now I remember. I do remember. I just can't remember right now. Well, maybe WD wants to be anonymous. Well, and... the first name doesn't, you know. Anyway. All right. Anyway. So, yeah. I'm just... Back to you. Yeah. Okay. Have, those of you in menopause, have you been having moments like me? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, let's let's talk now about a couple other things. Weston. Gotcha. Maybe, uh, yes, Weston, hello. Glad you're there. <laughs> okay. All right. And Natasha also said she was told by sociology professors that the Native Americans and Pacific Islanders have different words for genders beyond male and female. That could be true. Who knows? Sociology. I almost became a sociology major, but my teacher was such a, I didn't like him. Anyway, a feel good story. And then we'll end on the vax mandate. Mr. Biden is trying to push through for the whole world. But first, did you know that a floppy eared coon hound breaks the Guinness world record for the longest ears on a dog now if you're like me and bareface you love your little doggy you love your big dog some of you have german shepherds some of you have greyhounds some of you have what's that called a great dane some of you have huskies some of you have little bijons like me <sighs> but this floppy eared coon hound breaks grins Guinness Book World Records for longest ears on a dog. Like, this is super important, but is can you show the picture? There it is. There it is, people. Check that out. Okay, so it says here, the, long, the floppy-eared black and tan coon hound from Oregon has broken the Guinness World Record for longest ears on a dog. 
with each one measuring 13.38 inches in length. Her proud owner claims Big Eared Beauty is an ambassador for her breed. I'm not even going to read the rest of this. I just wanted to show you the picture. So those ears are over a foot long. <laughs> ah, isn't that a great, these, by the way, coonhounds are great dogs. They're like, they sniff drugs and stuff like that. They're kind of like part of the, they're, they're a hound. So they, they got the sniffer thing going on, but look at that one. Kind of looks like a basset hound kind of, but, but isn't that a beautiful dog? Randall, what do you think? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful dog? I Indeed, love. those ears adorn her well. Yes, they do. Oh, you keep scrolling down and get to see the reward there. If you're listening to the audio, you'll have to go watch this on YouTube. But there she goes. She got. She has the, what do you call that? That's a award. What's that called? <laughs> you know, that thing hanging on her. What's a it? ribbon? A ribbon, yeah. A ribbon. International. There you go. She has that ribbon on her what chest. What I hard making out the type there? It says, um, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But no. it came in fourth place adult for this thing. Uh, probably, if you want to read the whole story, I'll just tweet it out. You can go to Not Bible News Radio yeah. and tweet it out. And then if you keep scrolling down, there's another cute picture of this dog on the on the couch. Mm. Yeah. All right. There you go. And then another one wearing a scarf and other things. Look at those ears, man. I, I Do you think somebody called this dog Dumbo? Probably, because they were probably being mean. I no. hope they didn't. Poor little thing. Beautiful little dog. All right, we've got about 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Also, I want to tell you about a story. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to tweet this. This is a bonus story about a Bible being reunited with an owner. As you guys know, I love these stories because you're not seeing stories about like the Quran or, or whatever else books. People find these things and they're like, hey, I got to find out who the owner was. They don't care. But if it's a Bible, there is a journey for people who lost Bibles and then they get found. So this story is over on myleaderpaper.com. I'm going to tweet it over on Bible News Radio on Twitter so you can go check it out. This is a feel-good story. I love it because the family Bible was returned to the rightful owner, and I will just read the first two Three paragraphs. A long-lost Bible that dates back to the 1800s has been reunited with the descendants of the late Harvey and Catherine Glass, the Bible's first owners. And you can see the Bible there on the, on the screen. You can tell it's a big old Bible. The Bible found its way to their family last month when it was given to their great-great-great-grandson, Dean Schwalbert, who's 50, of Imperial, who said he plans to pass it on later to a cousin. Yeah, anyway. You can read the whole story on my Twitter account after I tweet this out, which I'm going to do right now. That way you can go over there to Twitter and you can, you can um, read it. Um, by the way, I do have two Twitter accounts. Heart Tug is also a Twitter account. So if you're not following that one, you might want to follow that one too. But I do share the same stuff on both those. So I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to forward the tweet on Bible News Radio right now. So now it's over on our Twitter account. So check it out. All right. Last but not least, how many of you are freaking out about the, the VAX mandate, right? 
the vaccine mandate. There is a lot about this this story, um, you know, and what I can tell you is I, um, I want you to know that the vaccine is real. What the vaccine does is not necessarily real as far as really helping you. Um, I know some people hate me for saying that. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I know too many of my friends who've been very injured by this vaccine. And what I can tell you, though, is it's being used and it's going to continue to be used as a, as a thing. People are going to lose their jobs because they're not vaccinated. Um, and there, there are things happening in Tennessee Randall and I are privy to. I have, I have a friend in Florida right now who just got a brand new job. Um, she didn't know they were going to require her to be vaccinated when she took her job and left a job of 13 years to get a new job, a better job. So now she's having to decide if she's going to end up getting it. I have another friend in California. You know you. You know who you are. Works in the school system. Might have to lose their job. It's real. It's real. What's more real, however, is now Christians in America are going to go through the same, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, trial, I guess. That's the only good word I can come up with at the moment, as Christians in other countries. Right. I mean, if your eyes are open, you see that what's happening is the dismantling of America as a free nation and we're being turned into a communist nation or a socialist nation or a Marxist nation, whatever. It all goes together. Um, am I happy about it? Heck no. Uh-uh. Uh, I, I would prefer that we remain a really free country. However, the problem is that why should God bless America? I mean, I mean, you got to ask yourself, why, why should he bless America when all we've done is give him the middle finger on everything he tells us to do? I mean, let's be honest. You know, we, I wouldn't have a show if, if America was an upright nation, right? Most of the news you read wouldn't be discussed. Why? Because there would be no need for it. But the reality is, is America is under God's judgment. I'm not the only one that believes that. I know a lot of people believe it. And so now as Christians, we have to take a stand. We have to determine what we're going to do in order to live and survive. And one of those things that, you know, one of the idols that we all have, and if you're, unless you're going to lie to me, which how dare you if you, no, is money. You know, the Bible talks about how you can't serve God and money. You will either love the one and hate the other, Right. America has been a prosperous nation for hundreds of years, and now we are basically at the bidding of China. We're in so much debt, we're never going to get out of debt. There's no way we're going to get out of debt. The world economy is coming to a unification like never before. There's going to be a new currency. Um, you know, um, we know the election was a hoax and stolen. I also believe that this vax whole this whole COVID thing is is a big um, con. I was actually looking at a friend of mine's Facebook page earlier today. He's actually a medical doctor, and he posted a story about Sweden and how they have actually proven that the vaccine doesn't help anybody. 
Israel, who's been most vaccinated, has so many people who've died of the vaccine. I mean, so, you know, let's look, let's get real. Let's be honest. Okay. As believers, our God can't be money. Our God can't be our job. Our God is Jesus. That's reality. And just like God provided for his people in the wilderness, he fed them for 40 years with manna from heaven. We are going to have to get to the place of faith where we can believe that God will provide for us. You know, because I don't believe, I really don't believe that God will forsake his own. He always provides. Always. He always provides. I'm going to share a story, and I'll end this way. You know, Randall and I, we live in faith. We're entrepreneurs. <laughs> you know, uh, this show is is funded by those of you who donate to us. And if you like what we do, please donate because that's the money that we live on, truly. Um, and, you know, we, we have other side gigs that we do, but sometimes money's short. You know, um, I'm not on welfare. I'm not taking money from the government. Um, you know, I'm not, but I do work. I work a lot, actually. And Randall works. And sometimes, you know, finding a job is hard. Sometimes getting what you need is difficult. But I'm never a victim about this, right? Um, and Randall, a couple of days ago, came to me and said, you know what? We need a couple hundred bucks to cover our, our insurance. And I'm like, all right, well, let's not worry about it. <laughs> Whatever, you know. And anyway, Randall left, and I and I I decided to do a little cleaning, which that is a miracle in itself. I hate cleaning, so I started going through some papers um, on my kitchen table that had been sitting there for for a couple of months. You know, bills, and they look like you know the statements, you know, junk mail basically is what I, I thought it all was. Anyway, long story short, I ended up picking up an envelope that was from uh, my health insurance. Um, thing and I opened it up and there was a check in there for 800 bucks and I thought oh my gosh these guys are charging me 800 bucks for my health insurance now what the heck I thought I was on abomination care and I was getting everything for free and and I was like wait a minute and I looked at it again and I'm like no it's actually an 800 check made out to me and I read the letter right I read the letter and and Anyway, I guess not enough people are going to the doctor in Tennessee or something. And, you know, I told Randall about it, and, and we were kind of both going, this isn't legit. And I told Randall, I said, well, maybe if it's, well, let's see if we can cash it, and that will determine if it's actually legit. <laughs> Long story short, it was legit. And we actually, you know, now have money to pay our bills and get some food for the rest of the month. My point is that I didn't see that coming. I didn't see, I, I seriously didn't see, and that was sitting on my table for two months. Two months, so two lessons. Number one, open up all your mail, people. Don't assume it's nothing. <laughs> open it up, because you never know what's there. And number two, God knows. God knows. He knows. He does. He knows. He knows what you need before you ask. But he wants us to ask so that we can receive from him. But you need to ask with good motives. And you need to ask in faith without wavering. Read the book of James. You know, um, and that's, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with um, 
stuff like that. You know, you're going to see evildoers prosper. Read Psalm 37 and you're going to see the wicked prosper. But God doesn't forsake his own. His word says that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And also says he's never seen the righteous begging for bread. He provided manna in heaven and a whole bunch of other things. So refresh yourself in your faith and remember the things that God has done for you because he loves you. He really does love you. Don't ever forget that, okay? Now get in touch with Randall and me. Go over to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Get involved in some of our Bible studies. Um, Get on my text message list and uh, get in touch, you know, and give to us as the Lord would have you give. I trust him. I know he will provide, uh, but, you know, don't fear. Remember, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, right? Here's the thing. Don't fear. Faith, fear <laughs> is faith every day accomplishing results. You got to have faith, people. Remember that. We'll see you next time right here on Bible News Radio.